You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 50, with Alex Johnston. And we're going to kick, stretch, and kick. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, because he don't want no scrubs. I forgot that I had written that for Kara. My wife, Kara, does the intros to this podcast, and I have her just come in every once in a while. We record like a bunch of them, and I just throw them in the end, in the intro. And uh, the, <laughs> the, one, the one she just did, uh, I ain't got no scrubs. That one got me. That got me a little bit as I was listening. I'm sorry. Um, many of you have uh, been with me for a while, and I, I, I honestly, I'm just so thankful and grateful that we fit. We finally hit 50 episodes for the symphony, seminary, the sympathy of hard knocks, the seminary of hard knocks. And uh, today I have a friend of mine from across town named Alex Johnson, who is the, um, who's the chief storyteller and social media manager at, at Highland park United Methodist church. Now I know in the church world names get really long. That's a good long one, but uh, she does an incredible job over there at, at Highland Park and and finding stories and just finding things to talk about to use for content marketing to use for her church to just to get people aware of what's going on in their church. She finds testimonies, she finds news stories, and she has a background in news, which is what kind of what makes her so good at it. And so I want to I want to dive into a little bit of that today with her. So we'll get to that conversation in just a second. Before we do, you can find the show notes for this episode at sethmuse.com slash 50 and grab all the links and everything we will talk about in the episode and find out ways to connect with Alex. But also there's going to be a link in the show notes to our Facebook group. It's the Seminary of Hard Knocks Facebook group, and it's a place for us to connect offline, well, online, but uh, away from the show, about the show. And we're going to talk about things that have to do with some of the episodes, and I'll do some Facebook Lives in there, but really, I just want to get to know who's listening to the show. It's, it's a place where we can come in. Think of it as like a coaching group that's free. So you're going to get a lot of great communications, insights, and, and discussion in that group, as well as find a, a community of people that kind of can rally around some of the things we do here at Seminary of Hard Knocks. So uh, 50 episodes, guys, I am so humbled and honored to be able to be uh, in, in a voice in your life at all. And so I just thank you so much for listening. And if you have subscribed and this show has meant something to you, um, I would love it if you go leave a review or a rating for the show that really kind of just helps us boost up in in the rankings a little bit, as well as just, you know, I, I just love hearing if it's having an impact at all. So um, please go do that on iTunes. I would really love that. But today I have some more content for you that is just going to really be super helpful in how we do communications at our churches. So my conversation with Alex is about a lot of detailed stuff. It's about how to dig for stories, find stories. And I know we, we ask that question a lot. We know we need to be telling stories, but how do we find them? She's got some great insights on how to do that and how to organize things and how to get them into a production funnel where they actually end up being told somewhere. Because I know a lot of us, we, we might even find stories, but we'd have no idea how to get them out, how to do things. So she's great at that and a good friend, lots of fun. And so here's my conversation with Alex. Check it out.
Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Seth. And today with me is my friend, Alex Johnson. Alex, how's it going? It's going really good. This has been a great year so far and we're only what two weeks in so yeah it's, maybe it's, that's changed. it's been a short year so far too it's really short <laughs> exactly january 11th today so something like that yeah. yeah well good i'm glad you're here thanks for joining me i appreciate it yeah um, it's an honor to be here i'm so excited and nervous great. <laughs> honor and nerves i love that i have that effect on people they can say they, they're honored and i make them nervous at the same time <laughs> That's superpower. I'm excited about that. Well, hey, um, tell us who you are, where you work. You've got an extensive background. I want to get into all this today. Um, Some really interesting perspective on social and how you do communication. So uh, you're the social media manager and storyteller for Highland Park United Methodist Church. That's a mouthful right there. Right. (laughs) Tell us uh, a little bit about you and the church and what you do there. Just kind of give us a background on you. Sure, sure. Um, it's always funny when people ask me to give backgrounds. I never know like what to say or how much. Well, I don't either. I was born in Raleigh. Um, no, so I yeah, like you said, I work at. Twas many moons ago sure. when I. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I work at I work at HBMC in Dallas. We are a seventeen thousand member church on the books. Probably have about five to six thousand in weekly worship. Um, across now three campuses. We just opened our third campus uh, the end of last year, I think in October. And um, I'm the I'm responsible for all social media. I oversee it all, um, especially for our main platforms. I'm the one posting, keeping the content schedule. But then uh, more excitingly, what I've come to love even more than just posting on and managing social, I am uh, one of a team of four storytellers for the church. And, uh, for me in particular, my job is finding and telling, uh, really good stories. And I get to do that via video blog, um, just all kinds of different mediums. And that's been a new development uh, over the past year, year and a half. And it has been one of the most fun career moves that I've ever made. That's awesome. What happened to get you guys to the place where you're like, you know what we need to do is we need to have people on staff, I assume they're all on staff, right? You all are yeah, staff, yeah. staff members. Um, paid it's paid staff. We're going to pay people to find stories. Like, where did you yeah. where did you guys get that idea? Like, what happened? So it was kind of a backward. It, it kind of fell into that world accidentally, uh, where two different uh, departments within the communications team converging. When I started at HPUMC, I actually started with. I was hired just to do social media, um, and we'll talk more about my background. I think a little later, but I come from the news world. And so to do social media, well, you have to have good content and to do good content, you have to tell stories. That was just the natural progression for me. Um, so when I came in instantly, 60 to 70% of my job became finding and telling stories. And when I first started, you know, I've been at the church for almost four years now, when I first started, what that meant was, articles, written articles on our website. It acted as a blog where I shared cool things that were happening around the church, covered events, almost like a reporter. Um, and I got to share people's personal testimonies, cool things that had happened to them, things they learned. Maybe it was one instance in their life or their story of how they came to faith or the story of something that happened to them. And, but really when I first started for almost the first two years, the only media that I had at my disposal was 
written, the written word in social media. Wow. Well, um, about a year and a half ago now, our video di- director approached me and asked me to essentially join his team um, of, of total of three videographers because he wanted to be able to join me and partner with me and create a new type of, of sub-department in communications that was focused on telling stories, the kind of stories that I was already telling, but through video, and then also incorporating more, uh, doing less commercials for the church, for ministries and programs and events, and really focusing on telling stories that we could then use to promote those things. Yeah, that's awesome. Last year, we released, I think, anywhere from 15 to 20 video stories that were solely about people and their incredible testimonies and how God has moved in their life. I think, um, six or seven of those were over six minutes long. So, I mean, big video production that we're talking about here, and it has been incredible to see the reaction. Yeah. The response Um, has been good. Oh yeah. On social media, we had one video that reached last year, uh, over half a million people. Oh my gosh. That's yeah, awesome. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. It's been amazing to see. Um, and it's something that we're hoping to be able to do more. There's always challenges to that, of course. Uh, but it's definitely something that, um, it's, it's, it's on a new endeavor for us. You know, we've been doing it for some time now, but it's still fresh. Yeah. I actually poked around the website today a little bit to see what was there. And I'd been there before and it was like, I remember there's a, that's the reason I wanted to talk to you about this very thing is that you do have an interesting approach to communications that I think a lot of communicators probably hadn't, haven't really thought of it like that. And that's what jarred my mind. And I'm like, I'm thinking that too, for my church, like, what do I need to do to be a little bit more like a reporter for the church? Like there's things going on that I need to just find those things and tell those stories and do less of the, I'm, I'm sitting in an office creating content to post. You know, like that's good and that can get engagement, but it's not actually doing what I really want social to do. It's not as good as what it could do. Like, I, I I mean, all the the response you've seen is, is exactly what I think is the communicator's dream. It's like, we want people to know the stories of what happens here. Right. What does God do here? And you can't always do that with a created quote post or, you know, you you just can't get it all. And, and people sometimes won't read full blogs. And I, I think that's why you guys probably switched over to do a lot more video because video is mm-hmm. king right now. But uh, I think that's that's really awesome. Um, you have a background. You said it, you have a background in news. Tell us. That's right. Just really quick. Where did you come from in the news world? <laughs> so I went to uh, Florida State. I have a degree in meteorology, um, ma- uh, minor in mathematics. <laughs> so random. Okay. What I'm doing now. Um, and I worked in the news world for three and a half, almost four years. In that time, I was an honor meteorologist for all of it. Um, but I also worked as a reporter, a news producer. I, I produced an hour long show. Um, and then I hosted for about a year, maybe a little more, my own 30-minute show in Abilene, Texas. It was called K-Tab for You. Oh, what? <laughs> my wow. news name was Alex Hayes, by the way. Okay. Is there video? Uh, is there, there video? If you search YouTube, <laughs> there is embarrassing video. Okay. Um, All right. Now we got a show. Okay. <laughs> Let's find some but, of that uh, footage. 
<laughs> so I I hosted my own 30-minute show. I did the weather for it, and we would bring in people, and we would do interviews with people um, three times per show. Some of them we would go and tape. Some they would come to our studios, and we would interview them live. But I think the main thing that the news industry really impressed upon me um, this, this is too faceted and, and it works for both social media and storytelling. The first being social media. James Spann is a um, huge, big time. I mean, he's one of the, the best meteorologists, especially when it comes to his online digital presence. And I watched a talk by him. It was probably an hour long talk that he um, was giving. And it was all about how meteorologists should be on social media. And um, at the time, this was, you know, many years ago, many years ago, meteorologists were some of the best social media people on Twitter and on Facebook. I mean, yeah. it was just the, the engagement was there. The interaction was there. The building community was there. And there, there was two schools of thought. So and this this carries into the work that we're doing now. One school of thought was. I'm the meteorologist. I'm here to give people information. They are here to receive it. And I am the best. <laughs> so yeah. That was what you saw a lot. And they were failing. Uh-huh. Um, and he presented, he presented, and it was at the start of my career. I'm so fortunate that I got to hear him talk about this. He presented this idea of, look, like we're there for them. They're not there for us. We have a responsibility to listen to people, to interact with people, to engage with people. And, and to make it worth their while, we are providing a resource for them. And I have carried that idea with me since I heard it. I mean, it's always been such a central thing in everything I do. And I think our strategy at HPUMC is built around that idea. We are there to be a resource for people. We exist to make their lives better, to make their spiritual lives better, um, and yep. that's just the cornerstone of everything that we do. That's great. And I think the second part of that, what news really taught me was exactly what you were just talking about. You can't find stories, good stories or good things to post on social media. If you were sitting at your desk all day long, seven days a week or five days a week, however many days that you work. Social yep. is a seven day job. Eight days, um, eight days eight, a week. Yeah, Exactly. It just, it's not going to happen. You have to, especially when you're new somewhere or you're trying to establish your presence, you have to just overcommit and be involved in a lot of things for at least a short while. You have to get to know not only the people on your staff, but the people in your ministry. You have to start making some connections in your church and really invest yourself in the community because when you start like, and this is probably most applicable for people who are, are building in the building phase of their presence and their storytelling. When you start somewhere and when you start with storytelling, you have to be the reporter. Just like what you said, you have to be the one who's tracking down the story. You have to be going to places where stories could be. I mean, every reporter will tell you, you don't, you don't always find stories in the newsroom. Sometimes you just have to go out and figure out what it is. You may know what's going on. You may know the event is happening. Uh, you know, in our church, we know what the events are going to be. We can either promote them from the comfort of our desk and it's okay. And we may reach a few people or we can go there, capture the moment, find out what the story is and, and reach 
I mean, 10 times as many people. Yeah. I, that's awesome. I, I really love that approach. And I'm, you know, he was right on. You said something earlier too. You said there were basically two schools of thought. And every time I hear that, I have to think about that scene in the office when Jim <laughs> is impersonating Dwight and he yeah. asks what kind of bear is best. And he says, well, there basically is two schools of thought. And he goes, false, black bear. <laughs> I can't, every time, anytime someone says there are two schools of thought, I'm like, which kind of bear is best? That's the routine. That's, I have to go into it in my head. Uh, and, and I was like, shut up, head in my mind. Shut up and, and start paying attention to what she's saying. No, no. There's always time for an office reference. Always. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I love your approach to that. I think it's really incredible. And uh, I think it's definitely where church communicators are striving to be. We get bogged down with a lot of stuff. So um, between church comms and, and the newsroom, I, I'd ask you, like, what's what's different about those two things? And what's similar about those two things? Okay, so this is this is a really hard question. <laughs> because on the surface, they are so vastly different. I mean, vastly different. Like when I think about my time in news and just the stress and the, the, the pace of news and how, how just, I mean, it's, it's a, it's just such a fast pace. And I hate, I hate to use it cutthroat world sometimes. I mean, you just have to be on your game. There's no room for mistakes. Uh, it's a high expectation. It's all about ratings. Um, and even in local news, it's that's becoming more the case. Yeah. Uh, that's not to say that there are not local news stations that really care about the quality of their news. I'm not saying that at all. And people that work in news, they're some of the best people. Um, yeah. I love I have you know, a lot of good friends. Yeah, I've started that time. I've decided this year I want to get more involved. And, and so I've started watching the, the evening news. And I've, I've, I tried for the first couple of weeks. I started this back in December and because I, I knew I was going to do this. And I was like, I'm going to find one of the news, one of the news channels I like. And I started noticing that between Fox, NBC, ABC and CBS, all those news shows, they're vastly different in how they oh, pre- yeah. how they present the news. And I think I've decided I like NBC the best. I, I'm, I'm a fan of the NBC news channel here. But, but like on Fox, it's like we just want you to react. We want right. some oh, kind yeah, of emotional absolutely. reaction. And I was even watching, I was like, okay, I'm going to count the minutes till the next positive story. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> 10 minutes before they told something positive. And then you flip over to like CBS and it's this high intellectual kind of stiff, right. oh, absolutely. you know, stiff, like I'm appealing to the age 60 and above <laughs> crowd that, you know, wants me to wear a suit and tie, you know, and, and it's, it's, and WFAA is like, I don't, I don't really care for WFAA, but I'd love Delcus over there. The weather guy, he's awesome. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I'm finding like, I'm getting to know these people and it feels like a relationship. And I'm like, I kind of like this one. I don't like that one and whatever. And so it's just interesting to see how each news station presents the news in a different way. When you said, when you said there, it's about ratings. You're like, yeah, there's, there's some influence there on how they do it and how they tell you what's going on. But it's really interesting. The news is a, uh, it is a fast pace, I'm sure. And if, like, if you oh, get yeah. if you get something wrong, oh my gosh, it's <laughs> it's got to. Which, in some ways, is like church world. If you get something wrong in the bulletin, if you there's an, a spelling somebody error, tell you. somebody's going to tell you. You don't have to worry about it. Oh man, I put a post I, out today and I spelled somebody's <laughs> name wrong, and man, within five <laughs> seconds, I'm serious, 
five seconds, I had an email from the person and one of my team got a message, two phone calls and a text message within the next five <laughs> minutes. Like you spelled it wrong. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I made the image an in shot, which doesn't save your work. So I had to go back oh, and make no. it again. It's like, oh. oh man, social media failed today. That's awesome. Haven't we all had those moments. It's, yeah. it's humbling. It's humbling. You know, I'll tell you honestly what the biggest difference I think between news and, and working in church communications is in news, your audience is so much bigger. You, you, you're attracting, I mean, cause you don't have to worry about what someone's religious preference is, right? You, you know, in the church world, we want to reach everyone in the news. You just, you do like if, if you, they watch the news, you can, you can reach them. And a lot of people watch the news, even more are actually engaging with them. I would say probably on social media across every um, platform. And so one of the things I think because your audience is so broad and because of the nature of news, one of the biggest differences is you can get away with so much when it comes to starting conversations around really tricky topics and controversial issues. Because, you know, in the church, we shudder if we get bad comments oh, or if I know. we have to post something that's controversial, we get all nervous. Well, we just don't do it or we or just we ignore the fact that it's even totally. there. But in the news, you're going, Oh yes, this is going to, this is going to do really well. <laughs> like, I can't you wait to, to make people mad oh, at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not intentional, but it is, there's this desire to start this conversation and really create this engaging moment. And in news, you can do that over any topic. It could be as silly as what ice cream flavor do you like the best or, you know, something really, really tough and controversial. I mean, we've all seen that this election cycle and with everything that continues to go on yeah. since. Uh, in, in church world, you know, we just, we don't have that ability, nor would I say, do we want that or should be about that. Yeah. But I think that's one, that's one difference that I've really, actually I've probably appreciated that, um, being able to step away from worrying about controversial subjects or being excited when you start that kind of conversation. And cause you know, it gets ugly real quick yeah. to church world. You know, we have a responsibility to provide people with the kind of content, not driven to, invoke some sense of fear or get them talking about an issue. Uh, it's, it's more about creating conversation that enriches their spiritual lives. Yeah. And that's good. I think the stakes are higher with that. Um, because we're not creating content that we don't truly care about. I mean, in a week, everything you talked about in the news that week is gone. It, it doesn't matter anymore. You're on to the next cycle and church is different. Like you know, Snapchat. Yeah. It's, it doesn't <laughs> matter exactly anymore. Wait. Oh. Where the church is more like Facebook. Well, some, it, it sticks around for a little yeah. bit longer. It could come back. Um, Everybody who like, who loves Snapchat just went, oh, out there. <laughs> <laughs> I just made them so bad. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just telling you the news. So many brand marketers are going to Snapchat. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so what's, what's similar about the news? Here. What's similar about the news and, and the church com world? What do you see that's kind of like, this is something we can mm. common ground. I think the biggest common ground for me and what I've tried to hold on to even being outside of news is the idea that the stories you tell and the things you talk about have to be what people care about. You know, we, I think I see a lot of churches trying to have conversations that really no one cares about or to tell stories that are boring or cheesy or, 
um, things that people just, when you're flipping through your newsfeed, I mean, everybody does it. There's so many things that you just scroll right by. You don't care. You just, you have other things you, you have to get to stories that are interesting to you. And I think we, A, we have to do a better job at this, but I think one of the, the similarities between news and TV or in church communications is we have that ability to really identify and curate content that people actually want to hear, to, to see, to watch, to read, whatever it is, people who are Christian, even people who are not Christian, they have a reason to care about what we have to say as church leaders, whether they realize it or not. I mean, we, you know, that goes to a whole conversation of we should be providing solutions right. to problems, not just promoting events and things like that. Yeah. And but, I can totally um, get on a tangent about the church oh, speaking <laughs> up and being a voice and taking yeah. our place as a person that actually leads people somewhere. So yeah, I can go right. off on that for a while. Right. Yeah. I get you. The stakes you. are so much higher with what we get to do. And that's, that's a privilege. And I don't think I'm guilty of this myself, but I don't think we always, um, use that privilege the way we should. But I think the same is true in both um, TV news and now digital news and church communications. And that really the bottom line is it's all about connecting with people and reaching them with stories and, and issues and questions and theological topics and things that they need to hear. We're a resource. It goes back to that idea of how are we going to make their lives better? It's not about what we can get from them. It's not about we can get them to come to our event or get them to donate or get them to do these things. At the end of the day, it should be about what resource can we be providing? What chance for connection, what chance for conversation can we provide that's going to make their life better or help them be inspired or speak into a specific situation that they're going through or give them hope for the future. Right. We could all use that. I I think, I think that the, you know, the old school method of the captive audience where, you know, people did sit down and really watch the news when it came on, you know, and that was like a family event. And, you know, you, you had print media, you had TV, you had commercials, you had to watch them, you know, that this is an on-demand world. And the church has, has kind of missed that memo that, that they were like, why don't people come anymore? Why don't they show up to our events? Why don't they want to do because they've got other events that they're just not interested in in what you're doing. It's like, they're, they're DVRing you. (laughs) They're basically like, I I like that. That's really cool. I'll go to the next one or I'll catch it later. Or I'll watch the video of the sermon. You know, it's like, why can't they do that? I mean, I'm not saying that's right, but why can't they do that? They, they have that functionality in every other facet of life, but not church. Why they're asking that question. We, in church world, um, and I, I hope I don't make anyone mad <laughs> saying this. We well, we don't make a, people mad. We get the conversation started. Right, right, right. As we tell uh, the news, <laughs> we have a really bad habit these days of preaching that people need to, to say no more and do less, but then pushing just dozens of events and things to do on those very same people. We are so guilty with trying to get people in our doors every night of the week, all the time. We, we give people so many things to do. Moms groups, dads groups, joint parent groups, marriage classes, Bible classes, youth. All of these things are so good, right? None of yeah. these things are bad. But when we look at just how much we are, are trying to get people to do and that's only in church world. And, you know, you, you talked about on demand. 
churches are feeling that, whether they realize it or not. I think uh, I went to a conference recently, and I think it was Mark McDonald talked about the average person attends church maybe once every three weeks, yeah. once a month. I think it's the stat, like 1.2 something. It's really right. low. And I mean, we just have to do better about not expecting people to be at our at physically with us all the time. And when they are there, man, we have to make it worth their while. Yeah, and I don't think we always do that well. It's it, And that's why marketing is growing in the church. And I can, we'll kind of get on a little tangent here. I want to move into our story stuff here in a second. But the, but the marketing thing is growing in churches because marketing is basically this, finding the right people with the right message. Right. And it's like finding that in smaller group and, and sending your message to them because they already kind of care about it. That's why inbound marketing and lead mark nurturing and all these terms are starting to come into the church is because that's what's going to work now a lot better. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it may not be the solution, but it's a solution that can help get things going. And, you know, church marketers are, uh, church communicators are having to become church marketers and that we're having to get really comfortable with that. But, you know, I, I I think there's a lot of good stuff here. I wanted to ask real quick, you have a lot of stories on your, on your, page. And before we go, I just wanted to know what's your process for actually getting those stories. You mentioned getting sure, out, sure. but do you have any like collection matrices or something <laughs> that, you know, we can feed into that it makes it easier or is it basically just, you have to sweat it out, go out there and dig it up like a real live yeah. field reporter. What, what do you guys mm-hmm. do? Okay. So I'm going to explain this question. I'm going to start from like, if you were starting from scratch, this is what you do. I'm going to walk you through kind of how this has evolved for us. Uh, This may look different for your church, but I think that this strategy would work and translate into other places. Um, So I think the baseline, if you don't tell stories at all, where do you start? Um, I think you start with your staff, right? You, you get to know the people on your staff. You get to know what they are experts in, um, who's good at marriage, who's good at parent, talking about parenting, who's good at talking about really tough theological subjects, who's really relatable, who's going to be good on camera. You, you really feel out your staff. Who's willing to write for us? Who's willing to be on camera? Who's willing to share their personal story? I mean, you have a wealth of resources in your staff. And I think the the very first thing you have to do when it comes to storytelling and content marketing in general is get to know the people who are already around you. And then that extends to your volunteers. And then what we talked about, you're getting involved in your ministries. You're touching every area. Um, you are attending events, you're getting to know people and where you find good stories. You just have to be bold and say, Hey, you have an amazing story. I think people would really be inspired or benefit from hearing what you have to say and sharing what you've been through. Would you just write for us? Or would you, would you be on, can we interview you? Yeah. And I think when you, low barrier and when you start with staff and then you go into volunteers, you're actually also, uh, kind of teaching your leadership, this culture of finding those stories. Oh, absolutely. It's like you're kind of, you're showing them like, Hey, this is what I'm coming to you with how I came to you and looked. I want you to go to others and look and then come back and tell me, you know, right. And you're educating them because when you start to share their stories and they see how well their stuff has done, they're so, they're going to be bought in so much quicker. And then 
exactly what you said starts happening. When you can show the value of a story, when you've got some stories under your belt, some analytics to show, and you go, hey, when we were promoting something on Facebook and it was reaching like 100, 200 people, we shared this article, right, that we used to promote this event, but the, the article wasn't directly about that event. It was more about a story that relates to it. That reached like a thousand people. When you can give numbers like that, people are going to be bought in just so, I mean, you would yeah. just be shocked at the, the transition that starts that's to happen. So, that's so it. And especially with social media, it's about the conversation instead of the information. And I right. think uh, just the other day we have a ministry starting, it's for uh, special needs kids. And they were like, let's, let's get a graphic and let's put the info out about the interest meeting. And I was like, hold up, let's not. Let's right. let me interview you live on Facebook and then we'll talk about all that info in there and we'll tell why you want to do this right. and we'll take five minutes and it will be better. I promise. So the, the girl got with me, her name's Angelica and she did a great job. We kind of rehearsed a little bit and then we went out in the lobby and we did it and we got such great oh, yeah. response to that. And it actually, I think they had a really great like turnout for their meeting. I know in the comments, a lot of people were like, Oh, I didn't know that was happening. I'm totally going like 15 different comments. They were saying like, Oh, this is great. I'm going to go. And they had like four people that showed up at their first one. Wow. And I'm like, and okay, see, that just goes to show we're so conditioned to ignore advertising that even if it's something we would we be are. interested in, if you just see a graphic, you're going to keep scrolling. You're just going to keep scrolling. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I love that is exactly right. I love that you funnel from the staff to the volunteers. What, mm-hmm. what else, how else do you collect stories at, at uh, uh, Highland Park? So once you get your, and, okay. So I, I should preface this by saying, we, I'm incredibly fortunate to work where I work. We have a staff of about 200 people in all different areas. So we have, (laughs) we have a whole team that's dedicated to congregational care. We have our family ministry, youth ministry. I mean, discipleship is its own department. Special needs is its own department. When it comes to content, I'm living the dream. I have so many options and I know exactly where to go. I have my, my person I go to when it's a a story about all hard topics like death and divorce and all these things that most people don't want to talk about. She loves talking about it because she's amazing at relating to people. I know where I got to go. Parenting. I, I just have, that's, that's, I'm really fortunate in where I work that that is the system that's in place. The second part of that is once like what you said, once you get them educated and you show them the value and you, you also show, here's the big kicker. You show them that by using a story to promote an event or a class instead of just directly promoting the class. So an example would be if you have, well, I'm, I'm teaching a class uh, starting in two weeks and it's called how to read the Bible. Instead of throwing a graphic up that just says, Hey, how to read the Bible is starting January 23rd, Tuesday nights at HP. Instead of going that route, I wrote a story that just gave three quick tips. No matter where you are, no matter who you are, what church you attended, where you live, you can apply those three tips to your life. That kind of content is going to be shared and and clicked on and viewed way more than that graphic. Yeah. And once you show people in authority at your church that you can create way more conversions going this route, they are going to come and they're going to bring ideas to you. And I promise you pretty soon, you are going to be swimming in content ideas to the point where you have to turn them down because they're not good enough. I mean, you're going to be able to really start to pick and choose 
and curate and, hey, you know, that's a good idea. What if we did this? What if we made that a video? Or what if we did that Facebook Live? Or, you know, what if we took that one step further? You're, you're going to be able to really start thinking like a content curator instead of the reporter. And then the great shift that we're starting slowly but surely to get into at HP, and I'm really excited about it, um, is we're actually starting to just ask the general public to share their story. You know, we've, we've shown them now dozens of video stories that are powerful and amazing. And we created a series of promos that say, you know, something along the lines of, look, stories are inspiring. They have the power to change lives and we're all writing a story. It's time for you to share yours. And we created an email address. It's stories at hpumc.org. And we're just asking people to share their story. You know, it's, occasionally we put it in the bulletin in our weekly newsletter. I, I wish in my ideal world, it would be talked about more from the pulpit, in, but you just don't always get that. <laughs> yeah. We all know that's yeah, I, not always going to happen. We've done that too. We tried with like a blog or a, a capture form in the, in an app or on a website. Right. And what tends to happen is it just kind of fizzles out. Yeah. So you have, it's, it's so hard and we're still figuring this out, but I will tell you some of the best stories that we've gotten this year have come through those, that email. And, um, if that, if that doesn't work, and I think the bigger your congregation is, the more that will start to work, but it really takes getting it into the bloodstream. And that is very hard to do as just a communications person without buy-in from, you know, the higher ups. Yeah. Uh, When you, when you start digging into the congregation, I've, I've found that, you have to constantly talk about it elsewhere and and remind them like, Hey, you can share your story here. Or whenever you share a story, always give the call to action is not just read the story, but share yours too. You know, you know, that kind of thing. And so it, it, and, and sometimes we forget, like, I just want you to, to read the story. I just want you to hear this or watch this video or, and be impacted by it. But it's like, what's the next step? You know, you, if, if that was valuable to you, then maybe, your story would be valuable to somebody Absolutely. else, you know, share that. So it's training them to do that. And so if you've, I think it's wise to start with those that are already very leadership oriented, right. that'll be like, yeah, I'll take that ball and run with it. And then others will say, Oh, he means like that, like that other guy did, you know? So maybe that's what I should write. I actually tried something the other day. I was like, well, I wonder if this will work. I tried to do a story prompt as a post mm-hmm. and it was a graphic and I, I probably should have done it with video. It didn't work really well. It was like an open-ended sentence. So I was like, finish this sentence. Something I've learned over the past year is, and people responded really well, but, or something God has taught me over the last year. That's what it was. And I was like, people responded, but they didn't give me very much. Right. You know, and it's like, I, I need to go like, show me why, or let me demonstrate what that looks like. So I was like, let me experiment with that, see how it works. So it didn't work really well, but it was like, I think I wanted to something. I may try some other things. But, you know, getting people used to it is such a huge part and keeping it in front of them is such mm-hmm. a huge part of it because you can't just like put a form out there and expect them just to keep right. on rolling in throughout yeah. the year. Yeah. You know, and the that, more uh, to, the more visible your stories are, like if you can get your stories played, like if you have video stories and we have not accomplished this, I will preface my statement with that. If you can get your video stories shown in service to where everybody is seeing them and it's top of mind and it's something you're doing regularly People are going to see that and if they're going to see it regularly, that's the key to making something like pulling from the congregation voluntarily work. You have to have that high visibility and we, we don't have that. But let me say 
the workaround of all workarounds, <laughs> if that's not going to work, the, the step before that is it's going to take a lot of time. And I know that's something that a lot of us don't have. Um, it's easy for me to do this because my whole job is social media and storytelling, but maybe there's a volunteer who can work, work with this strategy, set up a time to meet with every ministry leader or person on your staff and sit them down and ask them questions like, are there any stories you've heard recently that remind you why you went into ministry in the first place? We start our staff meetings with that question. And that is a gold mine for finding stories like what you want to share. And then you ask them, Hey, what are, what are some theological questions, theological issues, or just issues in general that you feel just you keep coming across in your ministry and the people that you're working with? What are some hard things or some situations that are common? Because if, if your ministry leaders are telling you that, for example, divorce or um, self-confidence is, is something they're just seeing a lot of, then that is just that's not only one story, that's a series of stories. That could even be a sermon series yeah. that you then start to work. I mean, that's how you really dig into and, and, and get into that reporter and content curator mindset of you've got to, you've got to get in the trenches. You've got to talk to the people who, who know your congregation best. And if you can't be at all the events and you can't get involved and get to know the congregation because you have a big church or you, you just don't have the time, that's that's the next step is you've got to find time to sit down and, and get to know your staff yeah and and lead them through some prompts to, and, to pull those stories out of them I think that's great and you know just for everything as a church communicator I cannot stress enough I like, I like we always feel very very much like we're so busy we don't have time to do that we don't have time to go meet and mingle with our other staff get to know them ask them questions we're like I'm too busy I have too much to do my my take on that is you cannot afford not to do that. Oh yeah. That absolutely. Those relationships that you as a church communicator form with uh, all your staff members, greasing those wheels, not only for just functional stuff you need to get done, but because they will then tell you stories and help you with your job. If you'll go and try to help, help them with their job. It's like that kind of, that is such a valuable um, I don't want to call it a tactic, but it is a skill. It is, it, a, is. it is a life skill to be able to uh, talk with other human beings and and get to know them. I mean, it's like because I know a lot of communicators might be introverts. I'm an introvert, but it's part of what I do. I'll, I'll leave my office, go down and I'll just go. I haven't talked to so and so in a while. I'm going to go just see what's up. Yeah. And then yeah. When, I, when I do that, sometimes I learn things about them. I learn stories that they've uh, I actually went to connect our uh, connections thing and learned about our connections pastor. He told a story in there. I was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even know that was your part of your story. That's incredible. And now I'm like, how can I tell that story <laughs> with our right. staff? You know, how can I get that out? Cause that's such a powerful story and they may have told it before, but how can I put it on social? So you find all these things when you just get out there and get to know people. Yeah. And it's like, there's no, there is a system to it, but honestly, I think it's the, it, we're designed to, to operate that way. And, uh, I, I think that's incredible. Uh, that's an incredible way of looking at it. So, well, any other parting shots real quick before we wrap up here? Um, you know, one of the questions I think you sent me that I think it was the hardest question for me to answer was, uh, 
Sure. Sure. I think the most important is to really, you gotta love what you do. If you don't love church communications or if the idea of social media or the bulletin or making videos or talking to people, like if that upsets you, then you're probably not in the right ministry at church church. You really, you really have to love what you do because let's be honest, church communication, it's, it's a field where the work is behind the scenes. You are often um, not thanked for what you do. And more often than not, what you do is so visible that like what we talked about, if there's something wrong, if you make a mistake, everybody knows about it. So you, I mean, you just have to love what you do and that love and that passion for what you do has to override all of the, um, the bad stuff that comes with, with this role. Um, and I think one of the lessons that I've learned this year and honestly is, is still ongoing you just got to fight for what you know is right. We, we know storytelling is right. We know that's the way the church and the world is moving to telling good stories. But we've, we've honestly had struggles convincing some of our leadership of that. And so these, these amazing video stories that we've done, I've been fortunate enough to see the impact of those, at least online, you know, we'll never know the true impact of those kinds of stories, this side of the grave unless people come up to me and tell me, which some, sometimes they do, but most of the time, you know, all I see is what people comment on Facebook and how, how many people it reaches. We know that's the right thing to do. You just, you got to keep fighting for it and can't give up. Um, because you know, you're making a real impact and it's so important that the church gets to share those stories of what God is doing. I mean, it's what we're called to do. And I think the final thing that may be four. I'm sorry if, it, if it's more, but I think this <laughs> is okay. important too. And I think you're really good at this. You've got to always be learning. You always have to be honing your craft, knowing any given month to month or quarter to quarter, what you're going to do differently, what you're going to strive to be better at or improve on, or what strategy you're going to test or what book you're going to read and really focus on to, to get to, I mean, this is a constantly evolving field. You've got to be on your game and you'll never get better if you're not researching the newest trends or trying new things or taking risks occasionally. And, and part of that is just Will, being willing to learn. You never have all the answers. And I've had to humble myself. Um, and, and just remember, like, you're never going to be the best at what you do. You, there's always room for improvement. You never have all the answers. So you got to just keep reading, keep listening to podcasts like this one, because it's great. And um, just learning from people who have been doing this longer than you have, and have more experience, but then also, you know, going out on a limb and being willing to try out your ideas. I mean, who knows where the next big thing in church communications is going to come from, right? I mean, it, yeah. it may not come from someone who's been in the business 30 years. It could come from you. You just never know unless you take the risk. It is coming from me. I just haven't told anybody yet. I have this <laughs> new thing. It's going to be awesome. This I brand can't wait. new idea. It's a brand new idea. I'm calling it Seth Book. I love it. And oh you have gosh. to be in college, be, but you have to be in college to use it. It's only text. It's nothing else. Just text. <laughs> it's really cool. Love, yeah, it's a yeah, great well, product. Next big thing right there. It, it's awesome. 
Yeah, it's funny. I, I, th- I think of church communications, especially social media. Uh, this is going to be a nerd moment. So if you're not really nerdy, then uh, you may you may not get this reference. But if you watch Doctor Who uh, through the Matt Smith era, the, uh, church communications, social media especially, is kind of like the silence, where there are these creatures that if you look at them, they're terrifying to look at. But once you turn away, you can't remember them. They immediately re- erase themselves from your mind. Mm. And so when you see them again, it's like you're having to learn what the heck is this thing all over again. <laughs> and that's so much like social media. It's yeah. like as soon as you turn away from it for a second, you come back and go, wait, why am I seeing this? When did Facebook start doing this? Why right. is Instagram showing me posts from 10 days ago? Which is a right. great question for Instagram to freaking answer. Sorry. <laughs> uh, jump into no, that. <laughs> no year and time have I felt that more than right now. So many things are changing and it's happening so fast that if you don't read and stay up with it, you'll be lost. Like there have been days where I'm going, what is going on? Why is our reach down all of a sudden? What is the deal? Like you, I mean, it's, it's just incredible how much it's changing and you're right. I mean, it's, it happens in the blink of an eye. Yep. Don't blink. That's another Doctor Who reference. Is it? Yes, it is. One of the best episodes ever. (laughs) One of the best episodes ever. I'm on Doctor Who fire right now. (laughs) Okay. So tell us where we can connect with you online. Uh, Well, you can find me on Instagram at alex.johnston. But if I'm being honest, you're going to see way more photos of my daughter uh, who's about to turn two next month than you will of me, which, hey, she's really cute. So uh, you're not going to miss out if you do that. And then the best place to probably get to know me and really connect with me is going to be on Facebook. Um, and you can search Alex Johnston. And I think I come up and, and the privacy settings on that may be a little higher, but join the church communications group. Um, if you're not already uh, the North Texas Communicators Group. Um, if, if if you're in North Texas, and I um, I try to be involved in those, um, and I would love to, I'm happily accept friend requests from people in the church communications world to get to know them because I love seeing what you guys are doing and learning more about what you guys are doing and following your churches and and that's I think our biggest asset is being able to learn from each other and support each other because again this isn't always the most you know. Uh, gracious role when it comes to other people, like giving us the thumbs up and telling us we're doing a good job. I would love, (laughs) I would love to be someone who can tell you you're doing a good job because you are. And uh, I think it's important that we're, that we find these kind of networks to support each other. So yeah, that's where that's great. Well, go, go follow Alex, go friend her and uh, follow what she's doing. In fact, we're going to put a bunch of links to her church website and all the stuff we've talked about. So you can look at that and see what they do there and get an, get an idea of what we've been talking about here. And you'll be able to get all these links and follow her on social media channels, as well as a few extras and things that I might just randomly want to put there like Dr. Who clips, et cetera. (laughs) So thank you guys so much for listening and, and, and being here, Alex, thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Again, it's just an honor to be here. And this is such a great conversation. I love hearing your perspective and and what you have to say. You're doing a great job. Well, thanks. And if there's anything I've got lots and lots of, it's opinions. Everyone knows that. (laughs) So thanks for listening, everybody. See ya. 